Welcome to Kashmir's on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashmir's Magazine. And today's show is being uh, uh, televised, or whatever it's called. I'm not, you can you can probably see it live now on the uh, web, or maybe at least a little later on. If you're sure, if it's not now, you'll get it later on. We're recording it live and uh, with the uh, video. So I have some very interesting material today, and I think that the uh, the questions that we're going to be taking up are going to be those that interest all of you, everybody who is listening to the show. Basic topics we're taking up today are two of my famous myths, and one of them is whether the, an Orthodox rabbi is sufficient, and why being an Orthodox rabbi is not sufficient. What, what, what would be the problem if the rabbi who certifies the product is an, an Orthodox rabbi? That's the first question. And the second myth that we're trying to dispel is the idea that uh, kashas are the same wherever I go. Look, uh, you know, they live over there, they're, they're out of town, they're, they're a little different than on me, but they look a little different, they sound a little different, but uh, we're all the same. We're all Shabbat Torah mitzvahs, and it's got to be the same thing. And what we're going to see today is that things can be very different. They may be the same, and so they could be better, but at the same time, uh, we're going to explain some of the differences. And then a lot of the calls that we're getting about uh, a, 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 a how do you handle that? So this is a, these are some of the things that we're going to be taking up tonight. But before we begin our regular uh, questions, and we want to mention a few things that came up uh, that are relevant. One is uh, an announcement that uh, there's a product that's being sold. It's Jaffa uh, mandarins, like they're like clementines. The mandarin oranges, so they're like clementines, and they they have hashgacha from the vad harashis Yisrael, which means the chief rabbinate of Israel. And very nice, this product does not contain orla, trumas, and maizvas. I'm sorry, does uh, not contain orla. Trumas and maizvas have been removed, separated. What could be better than that? A little, little thing on the bottom. Heter mechira crop. What does Heter Mechira crop mean? This was made, these, these oranges are from Shemitah year. And they have all the rules of Shemitah, except that they sold the land to the Arabs. Some people will not accept this as, uh, for, re, for removing the Shaila of Shemitah and Kedusha Shviz. Others do accept this idea of Heter Mechira. That Abanut was forced into this by a lot of pressure was put on them. They have to accept the uh, Hetan uh, Mechira. It's not something that they wanted to do. So it's and it's not uh, it's not something that they they felt was appropriate, but they felt they were forced into it, and that's that's uh, why uh, this is Hetan Mechira. And yes, it does have the chief rabbinate of Israel, but no. Kashmir's agency in America will accept this product and serve it and, and give it to you. Again, this the mandarin oranges, Jaffa mandarin oranges that are coming with the, from Eretz Israel with the Rabbanu Tarashit Israel. Look for the words Hete Mechira crop, which means this this was grown in Shemitah, and they're relying on selling the land 
of Israel to the Arabs, which, again, most people uh, don't accept, at least our type of people. The OU, OK, Kafke, Star, none of these are Hashkachas would accept Hetem Mechira crop. So that's something to be aware of. Now, I just want to lead to you briefly, uh, and I can't read the whole thing, especially it's written in Hebrew, and I don't want to start translating back and forth too much. So we're just going to read briefly. There's a rabbi in Eretz Israel. His name is Ramosha Katz, and he has an organization called Kosharot. Kosharot is uh, an organization that gives information. They do some hashkachas on uh, affairs, but basically they are an organization of information, information bureau. And in fact, they just put out a list. I read, put put it into my Kashmir's Monthly, which is going out, the March Kashmir's Monthly is going out in a few days. And uh, we mentioned in there a list of recommended uh, vegetable companies where they, uh, where, they, where they shouldn't be any issues of insects. Uh, this is put together by this Rabbi Katz. That's a list of uh, Israeli companies. Some of them do come to America. And certainly if you're in Israel, you definitely want to know how to get that list. Anyway, Rabbi Katz wrote a cute thing discussing Purim, and I think it's uh, just a few words would be interesting. He talked about Achashverosh HaMolech Mihodu V'Yadkush, that Achashverosh had his kingdom from Hodu to Kush. Now, he said that, that he, historically, it means, I don't know if it's true or not, but anyway, he said historically that uh, Achashverosh was the, the first one to have a, a global uh, approach. Everything was global. I mean, he, has, he had everything under his fingertips. He had Hodu and Kush all under his control. So he mentions that today, we uh, also, you know, living in a world, in Kashrus world, where it's a very small, small, small world, meaning that we're constantly getting something from all over the world. At one time, you only saw one of the ones that were in your neighborhood. And today, you're getting products from many hundreds of different hashkachas that are coming into our neighborhoods, uh, hashkachas that we never heard of, and that even the people who do hashkachas don't necessarily know these people. So he, he pointed out, he said, today we're getting, we're getting uh, mushrooms, uh, canned mushrooms from Hodu, which means India. And, uh, and all of the, almost all of the sesames are coming from Ethiopia, that's Kush. So he's trying to say that, Hodu via Kush, even today, that's how we're living with, with a small kosher world. Uh, and then, he, then he went into... Uh, mentioning how many hundreds of hashkachas there are, really more than a thousand. He, I have to uh, send him an email and, and update him on the numbers that we have, which are over 1,300 different hashkachas in the world. But anyway, he talks about how could anybody know all these, and they're all coming in front of us. And that is exactly the problem that we have coming Purim time. And it's only a few days away. Uh, one of the biggest problems that I have with Purim is that people put in loose candies and loose things, and they assume, well, you're coming from a good source. My friend gave me this. I'm sure it's fine. I'm going to tell you a story that's taking place right now. You've heard it before, maybe on the show even, but it's extremely important. And that is that there's a company called Ferrara Pan, and people love the Ferrara Pan company. You know why they love it? It's very, very inexpensive, the product. And the kids love it. It's good, tasty stuff, small little bites, and very, very, very cheap. 
So it's been a big seller for years. In the, the, the religious world has been using it as because it's been certified kosher for so many years, although it switched to a few times, and everything was fine until about two years ago. About two years ago, the, they, they came to me from the uh, organization that, that certifies Ferrara pans, and that's Rabbi Zylan Gold. It's UMK. People don't know that. They tell me it's a Shield K. It's, a, it's not. It's, there's, there's two other people calling themselves Shield K. This is the UMK. It uh, used to stand for Upper Midwest Kashrus, and now we changed it to call it uh, United Mahadran Kashrus, but the same UMK is its design. And it's a little bit hard to see because it's uh, very, very, very tiny. On the box of the Ferrara pan, it's like a little blotch. That's all it looks like. Many people can't make out what it is at all. But they see it there, and, and they've been notifying that, you know, that, that, that signified to them that it was kosher hashkocha uh, and that they were using it. The trouble is that this happened about two years ago, that the company decided to make their products in multiple plants, means several different plants are making their products. Well, that would be fine if they would have Rabbi Zylingold certifying all of them, and they don't. They have me certifying, I think, one of the plants. But the other plant or plants are even not in this country, and they're not under his certification. And because of that, uh, a confusion has developed. The confusion was because they were certifying some of the same name products, not just the same name brand but the same name products. So you could have a certain kind of a candy under a certain name, the certain box that you're used to, and sometimes it would have the UMK, and some boxes wouldn't have the UMK. And the ones without the UMK are not kosher certified. But what's happening now, and I don't mean three weeks ago or three months ago, I'm getting the calls in the last 24 hours. I've been getting a bunch of calls and emails that it seems that in Lakewood, and I don't know what's in Brooklyn, but in Lakewood, you almost cannot find Ferrara Pan with a Hashkocha. Nothing new that's coming in there is from the place that's certified. So what's happened is a product that people were used to using as kosher now has changed its status and is no longer uh, you know, kosher in what they have available to them. Yes, if there are two things on sale in the store, or there's some stores that have, some stores that don't, so you look for the one with the UMK, fine. Okay, it's not. It's a, it's a little tircha, it's not easy, but at least it's doable. But what about if you go into the stores now, you don't find any? Do you think they're not going to end up in Sholach Manis baskets? They're definitely going to end up in Sholach Manis baskets without Tashkoch on. And what's worse is that some people like this, I'll put it into a little bag with some other candies and hand it to the kids. And you would never know which one you got. And the, and if the, most of the stuff coming in is not kosher certified, well, we have a little problem here. And this is the kind of thing that we have to be aware of, especially at Purim time. Don't put loose candies in without a sign which hashgach it is. Check all the boxes very carefully when you're putting them in. And when you're buying those um, big fancy baskets that are made up, 
Are you paying a lot of money? Today they have super fancy with all kinds of toys and gimmicks in there, electronic things. It's unbelievable what they're going out for them this year. It's not, not anymore just food. It's a whole uh, menagerie of, of different products that are thrown together. And, uh, and that, that raised the price. I saw some of these in uh, you know, a few hundred dollars. And it's got very interesting items in there. You want the items. Who cares about the candy and the food? It's really, they're really going for the item itself. It's really not matanas matanas. It's really giving a plain gift, and there's a little food attached to it. It sort of uh, denies the whole idea of shalach manas, which is to prepare. I give you food prepared to be able to eat right away. Instead, it's really not that at all. Anyway, whatever that is, what people are doing is that they're, uh, they're buying these baskets, and who's putting them together? Who's standing behind them? Is that person throws in, that person throws in loose things? And even when you say, well, I asked him to give me only badats of the Yeda Haredes. Yeah, but he'll put in whatever is sitting around they'll get thrown in there. You can't really rely on this. Everything really has to have a proper identification on it. And anyone who bakes things in their own house, it's very nice. We do it ourselves. We do give things out that we made ourselves. And we always made a little notation on it. Yashin, this, that, whatever you want to put down. And listen, if they, want to buy, they don't want to use your food, that's fine. The whole thing was to be, uh, for the Bishalom uh, between Klai Yisrael, it should be Simchas Purim meant that the Bishav of Areyes, so that really is what the purpose is. And, and making your own food and people should trust you is fine. But at least give them full disclosure of what's there. Because otherwise, a lot of what you give away will end up in the garbage or distributed to the women who come to work on Tuesday or whatever day they come. Anyway, before we go on, that's it. now we're ready to start. And anytime you want to call, you can call, but not the next five, ten minutes. Let me at least get started. We want to talk about two myths. To me, these are big myths. And I tell you, over the years, I've struggled with both of them. Very, very, very much so. One that, the one that really uh, upsets me is this thing about uh, Orthodox rabbis. People were convinced over the years, because they're, you know, the old rabbi, the way I look at him, the, when I was growing up, a rabbi, an Orthodox rabbi, was a very sincere Jew who persevered to go into Rabbanus when it wasn't an attractive thing, and when there was no big dollar attached to it. It was very much L'Shem Shemayim, and he was very learned and chosen for that purpose. In many, the, the Orthodox rabbis that went out were very idealistic. It was a wonderful, a wonderful thing. But life did change a little bit. Not to say it put anybody down, but life did change. And one of the things that we noted over the years, because we had this impression when we were younger, that Orthodox rabbi, you're safe. But that, and, and you know, everybody used to say, ask your local Orthodox rabbi. That's what we used to say also. But things changed a little bit. And, and in those days, people used to say, listen, if he's not right, so let the rabbi burn. Let him suffer for, for it. But they didn't feel it's possible that people would, would do any chicanery. It's not true, of course. There always were corrupt rabbis from the very beginning, the very beginning of Kashrus in America that I knew of. Back in the early, early days, I know some real horror stories about where, pe where rabbis 
turned the uh, turned the looked away from things, and let actually non-kosher foods into our bodies. That is the way it was, and they were Orthodox rabbis, and the other rabbis were afraid to to handle them. I could tell you interesting stories about it. It's not for tonight. Anyway, that's the the way people assumed that an Orthodox rabbi was sufficient. And today, the truth be told, I don't think anybody knows this who's listening now, there are many, many conservative rabbis giving kosher certification. There are even vad hakashras, that's completely conservative rabbis in a certain place not far from here in New York State. Unbelievable that they actually call themselves a vad hakashras just in order to make it look like they're exactly like, uh, like us. Just like they call, they have a shear, they call it a kolel, and they take all the words and they, and they try as much as possible to confuse us into thinking that they're exactly the same, which they're not. But an Orthodox rabbi is not enough. There are plenty of people who are Orthodox rabbis in small towns across America that had absolutely no training in, 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 in the area of kashras. Zero. They never did any kashras in their lives. They learned the yeshiva, they got smicha, they got a shteller, they went out of town, and all of a sudden, Rabbi, you know, we have a, we're opening a store here. Could you certify it? What's he going to say? So maybe he makes a call back east and asks uh, somebody what to do. Maybe he invites a friend down to help him who knows something. Or maybe he does nothing. And he just figures what could be wrong. He'll learn on the job at our expense. So we don't know. We don't know what that means. At all. But more dramatic is that there are Orthodox rabbis in Manhattan that are giving certification to places that are open on Shabbos, that are selling meat, meat products, meat restaurants, open on Shabbos in Manhattan. And people call me up because it's, it's the place is near their office. Can I use this? I said, take a look at the uh, advertisement. Isn't he open on Shabbos? Isn't it store open? Yes, it is. Well, I think you have your own answer. No, but it's an Orthodox rabbi. Of course it's an Orthodox rabbi. And not only that, but he got a, he got a better smicha than I did. He got a smicha from a bigger Talmud Chacham than I got. Although Baruch Hashem, I got from a good Talmud Chacham. But he got it from, he got it from a bigger Talmud Chacham, or a bigger yeshiva than I got. I'm not exaggerating. The people who were doing this, they got very nice smichas. And some of them even put the, the smicha, where they got smicha on their teuda. They say, I got smicha from the here. Anybody who's going to tell you where he got smicha from is trying to convince you that he's good enough. And that is a big, big red flag. If so, I have to tell you where I got smicha from in order for you to trust me, that means that there's a very little trust. You won't find it on any legitimate, sincerely legitimate rabbi's certification. Yes, he'll tell you. Yes, but he won't write it on his tuuda. He won't put it on the store. I have smicha from. Why does he have to do it to validate himself? Why does he have to validate himself? Because otherwise he's not validated. That's a big, big, big red, red flag. And you have to you have to read that in you have to read into those words. So yes, Orthodox rabbi, we need an Orthodox rabbi, but is that sufficient? N O. Now 
I'm going to um, tell you that some of the rabbis, some of the rabbis who give certification, read the ingredients. And I had a man, I, I, I'm embarrassed to talk about it, but he's one of the names that everybody listening to me now heard of. He's a very famous name in Kashrus, and he told me himself, he reads the labels, he reads the ingredients, which means this product, let me see it, let me look at the ingredients. Mm, it's good. Well, no Ashkocha? No. Read the ingredients. And he's a very famous name. Well, how did he get that way? Because his Rebbe taught him that way. And his Rebbe is somebody who also is a very knowledgeable individual, but he's not looked upon uh, in a favorable way and by most of the, of, the, of the Orthodox world. He's not looked upon very favorably. And his opinion is you can read labels and read just leave ingredients, and that's enough. I, I was flabbergasted when I found this out, but uh, I validated by speaking to him and finding out that that's what he, that's what he believes. So, yes, Orthodox rabbi, that's the entry level, but it's not enough. It's absolutely not enough. Now, some people t uh, say to me that, you know, uh, look, how many of these rabbis are there? How many? So I'll, I'll, I'll be masking for you. I'll, I'll agree with you. There aren't many. The real bottom feeders, the real low people, there are only a few. But let's make a number. Let's take, let's take a percent. Let's say it's 2%. Even I could say 1%, but I'll say 2%. I don't know the exact guffers in America, but let's say the number is 500. It's at least that. 500 Ashkachas in America, right? 500 Ashkachas in the United States. 2% is no good. How many is that? 10. <laughs> 10 out of 500. What are you worried about? Those 10 people have a lot of business. You can't believe how much business these 10 people have. And it's about 10. They are very, they are very, very weak, and they are very, very powerful. They're weak in, in, the, in our sense about the kashras, and they're very powerful in the number of ashkochas that they have. I'm not going to tell you anymore. Now, we come to the second part, and I'd love you to call in anytime you'd like. Uh, people asking, I see some of the, uh, thank, thank you for uh, uh, texting in. If you want to text us, that's the best way right now, 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. But uh, in a few minutes, I'd like to hear from all of you. Let me tell you this part B of this tonight's program, and that is the question of out of town. Well, in town, out of town, I don't want to define in town and out of town because everybody has a different idea. Some people think uh, Borough Park is in town and Flatbush is out of town. <laughs> and some people think Brooklyn is in town and, and uh, let's say, uh, Farakaway is out of town. Everybody has a different idea of what's in town and out of town, so I'm not going to try to confuse you. But all of us have an idea of things that we are very, very confident about where we live. And the question is, when you go out of that area, for in, you're invited out, or you have to go for a simcha, or you're going to take somebody to a, to a, out for, a, for, for lunch in a certain town. So how do you decide? How can we possibly decide? What are the, how do we deal with this whole issue? So I must tell you that uh, people struggle with this every single day. 
In the last week, I can't tell you how many calls I received about this very question. Can I rely on this VAD? There's not this, this thing back and forth. A woman learns partners in Torah with somebody, and she decides to go out to a chasana. It's far away from New York. But I'm going to go, she said. Let me look into it. So she called me up, and I put her in touch with the rabbi, and then she spoke to the rabbi, and she came back to me. I don't understand too much what's going on. Okay, I said, I'll speak to the rabbi for you. So I spoke to the rabbi. The rabbi was a very nice man. He tells me, listen, I want to tell you. Uh, you know, when it comes to the vegetables, we have a certain policy in town. There's three rabbis in town. I'm not the only one involved in Kashmir's. Me and two others, one's a Chabad, and one's a, another rabbi in the shul. The three of us are involved in Hashbacha. And we set up standards for insect infestation problems, how you handle the bugs, what we do with the vegetables. This is what we do. It's a cooler. That means it's a leniency. In other words, the rabbi doesn't like the procedure that he is using. So when I would talk to him, and I'd see he's a very sincere rabbi, but his policy for the town is lower than his personal involvement. He himself handles the vegetables completely different and does not rely on what he's doing with the town. So here you have a double standard. So when I look at the rabbi, well, he's a rabbi, got smicha for a very good yeshiva, and I know that he's got a very great reputation. True, that's the rabbi. But what is the vad? What is their standard? Here's a, here's, a, here's a perfect example. Now, let me ask you a simple question. Where does he get a mashkiach from? This is a very small town. I know it has three shuls. One's Chabad and the other two shuls. So it's like a breakaway. So it's a, you know, it, we have a, a small kehila. Where is he going to get a mashkiach? How many, how many from people are living in that town? Almost, I mean, a, a very, very small number. And they have jobs. How many mashkiach? Can he get a mashkiach? Big, big, big problem. Who is he going to settle for? Somebody called me, somebody spoke to me. He said, uh, he recently he took a job with one of the cautious organizations here in New York. And he said, uh, they asked him some questions. Very strange. You know, what elementary school he went to. Sometimes they even asked, do you wear tzitzis? So this fellow has a white beard. And he's, uh, he got smicha, and, he, and, uh, and, and they're asking him what elementary school he went to, and, and, and maybe sometimes they ask him if he, well, where he said this. He has to do it. It's on the form. Because the kind of people that are being hired, those are the questions you have to ask, because we have to decide if they're at least properly shomish Shabbos, abyssal Yiddish in them. So could you imagine what's going on out of town? Can you find a competent mashkiach? Can you afford mashkiach tamidi? And then I, I asked him, is the caterer a Shoma Shabbos? He said, well, it depends which caterer they get. I don't know which one they're getting. In other words, the caterer may not be a Shoma Shabbos. And here, the rabbi himself admits that the standards are not what he personally does. So we were, this was one of the situations I had to deal with this past week. Let me give you another one. Somebody I know, a rabbi in a shul, calls me up because sometimes they call me to, to help them answer their balabata. Okay, so he calls me up and he says about a certain caterer. 
wants to know. He never heard of these people. I said, okay, let me go to the web. I'll look it up. I looked it up in two seconds. Very interesting. He said to me, there is, there is a mashkiach. I said, but who is the hashkoch? He said, I don't know. I looked on the web, on their, their website. There's no mention of any mashkiach. No mention of any hashkoch. There's the, they don't use the word kosher, glakosher. And then I saw, I was looking around. Is there anybody at all here? And they look around. Finally, I found the menus. There's two sets of menus. One menu is with the name of the caterer. I'll skip the name of the caterer. And the other set of menus is the name of the, of the caterer, kosher menus. Oh, he's got kosher and non-kosher. He has a mashkiach that's not even listed on the website. There's no name of a hashkacha organization giving him hashkacha. And then the rabbi told me, it's very funny, I don't know whether, why he even asked, he said, and it's a drop-off party because the mashkiach doesn't come to the affair. Well, that's already, a, you know, that's a, well, at least somebody, maybe somebody responsible is in with to receive it. It's a conservative synagogue. So we've got a conservative synagogue, we've got kosher and non-kosher, we have a mashkiach that, dro- that only works in the, pl- in the commissary, does not go down to the facility. We don't know what is going on there. I said, this rabbi, this is a, not a, a no-brainer. This doesn't even belong in the, being asked. And I said, he didn't realize that all this information in advance. So the invitation was nice. The people assured him it's 100% kosher. Of course, on a certain level, it is 100% kosher. We had another call. Somebody was going to a different one to go to a simcha in a different, uh, in a different area. And they spoke to the rabbi over there. So he told them, we don't do Pas Yisrael. Okay? A lot of places I know don't do Pas Yisrael. And that's something that people have to realize. Once you go out of town, it's not just a question of it. Can you trust them? Can you not trust them? They've already lowered some of the standards of what they require for Bishi Israel, of what they require for Pas Israel, or if they have Pas Israel, forget about Yoshin. Uh, then he, what came up over with this rabbi is that the source of the meats is very, very broad, meaning that uh, basically anything that calls itself kosher or glat kosher. I mean, they're not going to do Hebrew national, but anything that's called itself glat kosher, uh, with any of the hashkachas possible, that seems to be sufficient for them. And from my experience, there are some companies that we still should be avoiding, even though it's improved tremendously. And I think that uh, that broad-mindedness of this rabbi and the fact that he didn't have some of the other standards in place you know, raised a little bit of a red flag, and these people had to decide what they're going to do. So one of the cases, uh, was really one of the earlier cases I mentioned, the woman said to me, uh, so then I won't eat anything, I'll bring my own food and that's it. I can't eat anything there. I said, that's not really true. And I discussed with her certain things that she could rely upon, because we're talking about an, a decent rabbi in a nice town, but it just doesn't have all of the things that she would be happy with. So we gave her some suggestions. She said, but the plates, you know, I was just worried about the plates and the silverware. So I told her, listen, 
the plates and the silverware, it's all cold. The silverware is, is a, we call a klisheni. It wasn't to use as a klisheni. The plates also, uh, they may have been washed, a dishwasher, whatever it is. We don't have any tarfus over here. We have question marks. You're 100% allowed to use those kalim. You know, especially we talk about cold things. So there, there are, I gave her some kind of guidelines on what she might feel comfortable eating, and she was very appreciative. But this is, uh, again, a, a little bit of an idea of, of some of the problems that we do face and we're dealing with out-of-town communities. You have to know that it's not the same standard sometimes, and you have to know, you have to feel whether the rabbi is, have a strong hold on it, whether he's able to implement all his own personal feelings and humorous, or if he has to acquiesce to the community. So at this point, I invite everybody to call. Let me give you the numbers, 718-683-5858. Again, the studio number is 718-683-5858. Where is it, Light? Oh, you'll see it over there, okay. So again, 718-683-5858. We're waiting for your call, or you can text us at 347-927-8398. At this time, I'd just like to mention a word about our sponsor, which is Glockmark. When you think of Glockmark, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M, you should think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you'll save plenty of time, or plenty of money by shopping at Glockmark. And at Glockmark, you can save time by using their valet parking service. Just pull into Glockmark from the East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with all those special items which you purchase in the store. And at Glockmart, the quality of the meat is A1. With kosher certification from both the Star K and the Vatakashas of Flatbush, with base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor, at Glockmart, you're getting quality kashras. There are obviously a lot of things on sale for, for Purim, and I think you'll like their selection. They always have a very nice selection. I mentioned some of the things last week. Glockmart is at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glockmart, tell them you heard about Glockmart on Kashmir's on the Air over J Root Radio. So now if you'd like to call us to talk about our topics tonight or anything at all about Kashmir's, just call 718-683-5858. And you can text us at... 347-927-8398. Okay, our first caller. Go ahead. You're on Kashmir's on the air. Can we help you? You're on the air. Hello? I don't think you have them turned on. They are? Are you there? No one's there. Okay, the other phone call. The other's lighting up. Okay. Take the next one. Okay, you're on Kashmir's on the air. Can we help you? We're not connecting. There's something wrong. Hello. Hello? Turn down whatever's in the background and just listen to me. You're talking to Rabbi Wickler uh, on the air right now. Forget about what you hear there. Okay, next thing. Okay, you're on the air. Hi, is anyone there? You're on the air. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hello? Yes, you are now speaking to Rabbi Wickler. 
Okay. Okay. You're on. Kash is on the air. Can we help you? Me? Yes, yes, you. Thank you very much. Go ahead. Um, what happens if you cut onions in a flesh chicken knife and you put it in a milk and pot? Is it kosher? You put it in a milk and pot. Yeah. If the, uh, you, if you cut... I can't hear. If you cut onions uh, with a flesh chicken knife and you put it into a milk and pot and you didn't have any milk there, according to uh, uh, the halacha, it is mutter. Uh, I'm basing this on a, a, ch- a tshuva. Well, first, my Rebbe taught that. Whatever it is, okay. But uh, my Rebbe taught that way. It's a tshuva. Um, let me try to remember now who who it was. It, it'll come back to me. I'm having a senior moment here. But the uh, yeah, it's a tshuva, and I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll mention the name and the place a little later. But yes, that is 100% mutter. Yes, thank you for the call. Go ahead. You're on Kasha's on the air. Go ahead, please. You're on the air. Hello? Okay. You have to do two separate brothers. You're, you're on the air. You're on the air, please. You're on the air with Rabbi Whitmer. Please speak up. Okay, well, for some reason they're not hearing us. Okay, you're on the air. Hello? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Go, go ahead, please. You're on the air. How, how is it they don't hear me? Okay. Before we go on, the, I remember now the name of the safe is Maril Diskin. And Maril Diskin was in Tshuva. The Tshuva is Yud Ches. Uh, it's, a, it's a very small Tshuva, about uh, an inch. Maril Diskin. Uh, and it's a uh, and the tshuva is uh, is yudches. Then that's the it's something with with onion covered with a flesh and knife and a milchik keli. As long as you don't have any milchiks in there at the present time, okay. Go ahead, please. You're, yeah, you're you're on. Okay. What? You're on kashrus on the air. Go ahead, please. I don't think they hear me. Hello. Yes, you're on the air. Okay, I. Go into the city a lot, and if I take my own milk along in a container, where am I allowed to buy coffee? A black coffee. Okay, that's a very good question. I'll, I'll explain to you. If you'd asked me 20 years ago, or 50, 10 years ago, even five years ago, I would have been able to give you. Can you just acquire it? Uh, when you, uh, if you'd asked me five years ago. I would have been very uh, liberal in my answer. Unfortunately, in the last few years, the cosmos uh, agencies have changed uh, yeah. the rules on us. Just lower it down so we don't interrupt people. Uh, so we, the, the cosmos agencies have given out new uh, uh, guidelines. The new guidelines are that you have to buy a coffee in a place that doesn't make um, that, that doesn't use their, uh, that doesn't sell tray for food together with, the, with what you're buying. In other words, if you go into a kiosk from uh, Starbucks, then the only thing you're going to find, let's say, is the regular coffee. But if you're going to go ahead into a, a full-scale restaurant, in today's world, we don't recommend buying a coffee because they wash the kalim 
together with the non-kosher kalim in uh, dishwashers that actually uh, have the treif and the kosher at the same time in the dishwasher, making the kalim not kosher. That's the concern we have in the last few years. So uh, the advice is to buy in a small place where they don't sell, not a full-scale restaurant type of place. And of course, you're getting from the big samovar, and that's what you're trying to get, not from these little cups. And if it's in little cups, again, if it's a small kiosk, a small place, better off like the gas stations and the small places like that, that's much safer than, uh, than a full-scale restaurant. These are the recommendations of all of the cautious organizations today. They owe you the okay stuff, okay stock, all the, everyone's saying the same thing. Okay, thank you for the call. Next caller. You're on Kashas on the air. Can we help you? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Hello? You, they don't hear. You are on the air. You're speaking to Rabbi Wickler right now. He doesn't hear. No. Hello? Uh, there's a connection missing here. Okay, I'm sorry that it isn't working. Okay, next one. Hello, you're on the air. Hi. Um, what's the halachos on, like, stuff about strawberries? Hi, strawberries. Listen, we, I, I love to give you good answers. I mean, my wife just talked today about strawberries, and uh, we were putting it into a certain dessert. What? We don't think you can properly wash and clean strawberries today. The only thing that we could... I can't hear anything. What? This one? This one? Oh, me? They're not hearing. Okay. Well, I hope they're hearing it outside. hope so. I don't know. Okay. Um, the, uh, what we're recommending today is not to use strawberries. Uh, and the only thing we do is we take frozen strawberries that come with hashkoch and we puree them. That's what we do. But by regular strawberries, you'd have to cut off the, uh, the whole outside and scale it. You know, it would be a, it's a big avoider. Only the big, big strawberries will survive, and uh, we don't recommend it. I'm sorry, but that's the situation today. Thank you for your call. Thank you. Okay. You're on cautious on the air. Can I help you? Yeah. Go ahead, please. Um, so I have a question. It doesn't have to do with cautious, but... Um, I want to know from Mishloach Manos, um, are you allowed to do two, um, two, are you allowed to give two different meaning of the same, of the same bracha? Because I don't know, we are a oh, test yeah, no, that, that, that it has to be two different brachos, but everyone does do no, two no, different brachos. No, no, don't brachos. worry about that. Don't worry about that. If you do it, uh, it's fine. The same bracha is very good. It's, it's also good. Yeah, but listen, everybody has, you know, minhagim and things that they put together, they saw in a safer, etc. But there's no question you could do it. It doesn't have to be the same it could be the same bracha. It just has to be different foods. Just, there has to be nicker that's too minim. That's the main difference. Okay? Um, even if it's not like, but you would be able to give like um, chicken soup and croutons inside? Well, you, you, you wouldn't, yeah, but give the croutons separate. You'd give it in a little container, the croutons, but don't put it in the soup and say it's one thing. Because it, it, you want it to be visibly two separate things. As long as it's visibly two separate things, everything's fine. Okay? Thank you. You're certainly welcome. Have a farewell Purim. Okay, go ahead. You're on Kashrus on the air. Can I help you? I had a quick question. Um, 
You know how you have dishwashing gloves? My question is, uh, am I allowed to use it between dairy and meat? I'm sorry, but I didn't hear. What, what kind of gloves? And you know, like the yellow gloves for the dishes when you're yeah. washing? Well, again, it would like be... Like the plastic gloves. Right. So it would be a good idea to change it, but it wouldn't make anything trafe if you didn't. Meaning that you, know, you have the same set of hands also, and some people use only their hands. So what are they mm-hmm. going to do? Do they really have right, to? so I usually wash it with soap or I'll put um, uh, bleach on it because sometimes my kids rip the other gloves and then I don't have anything. What you're saying is you want, yeah. I hear what you're saying. I didn't understand. You're doing all your cooking with the gloves on and you're touching No, 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 no. The, the washing the dishes, only washing dishes washing with the, the gloves. Dishes. No, you should try to have separate gloves for washing the dishes. Okay, okay, not a problem. Thank you, I appreciate con- it. Everything we'll that do. comes in contact with the dishes it should be either milchiks or fleishiks or part or whatever. It shouldn't be that you're mixing anything else with it. But if you did it, if you wore the okay, wrong gloves, you, if you wore the, wore the wrong gloves, definitely your dishes are okay. Okay, you're on the air. Good. You're on, you're on cautious on the air. Can we help you? Yes, hello? Yes, you're on the air. You're on with Robbie Wickler. Go ahead, please. Yes, hi. I wanted to know, um, the whole thing is about um, grapes. Like with the bugs and everything. Yeah, well, see, we teach we we teach uh, here. We teach you know the way uh, that Rabbi Vaya teaches, and uh, the uh, the understanding at the present time is that we want to make sure you don't have any insects. Let me explain to you that they they are very tiny, and they adhere fairly well, and it seems to be that it takes a lot to get it off. I remember when they first did the experiments with it. They were finding them even after several washings. So what they established now is the following program. You take the, the grapes, you break it into smaller clusters. You don't have the big, big, big uh, cluster. You take a, make smaller clusters, let's say four or five clusters, six of them, whatever it is. And then you, you put it into water with soap, and you stir it up. You move it around a little bit, not too actively, but it's we call, you know, it's a moving it around a little bit, agitated it's called. And then you do that for three, four minutes. You don't have to do it the whole time, but a little agitation, and, and it should sit three, four minutes in the water. Then you take it out and put it under the faucet. Mm-hmm. And then you okay, do it. No, 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 one second. Oh. And then you do that whole thing I just told you two more times, a total uh-huh. of three times so in three water. Three times in total. Three times in water for three, four minutes with the soap. And, th- and three times under the faucet. I mean, you do it alternating, not uh, all three in a row. And, and, and this thing will take you 15 minutes, and you can make as much grapes as you want to have for the whole Shabbos. Uh-huh. It's not so terribly hard. It's just a little time-consuming. But, you know, if you're listening to Jay Rood in the middle, you'll, uh, you'll have a great time. <laughs> okay? Okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much for calling. Go ahead. You're, you're on cautious on the air. Can we help you? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Hello? Yes, you were on the air. Yeah, how are you? Another week, this is Avram. Oh, Avram. We just, I just saw you the other day. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you see me. If you, if you go to Lanza, you probably will bump into a, a lot of people. A few thousand, yeah. A few thousand. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm not asking a question. I'm just, I don't know, cautious on there probably will not be able to change, but do for sure have more connection with the company. But you just raised... The Farrar pan story, yeah, and I think last week uh, there's a story with the with the mixed in the OU Jolly Rancher, bag. Jolly Rancher, I'm, OU, I'm not, yeah. Uh, oh, two weeks ago, uh, I think that uh, 
I don't know, took America a long time to raise from Hall of Stam to Hall of Israel, and even that they're having a hard time with. Uh, I think that the, all the Jewish companies, like Pashkes, Blooms, we have so many companies, and really the mistakes happen when we, when we have to have in a, in a vending machine and all over this for our pants. Pan Company and other companies, and give us our We have to try to 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 look up Paris as well. And I think those mistakes. I mean, I don't say no mistakes happen over there, but much less because basically the Badat and everybody took over, and everybody knows this is the standards you follow. And uh, and and Pashtis is big enough already, and blooms by now to make their own things, you know, and and uh, and they'll have their own packaging. What do you think? What was I, I, I? I'm not sure I got you, Avram. What I think you're saying is that why do we have to go to the Goisha companies and let them play? They do things that are misleading, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Why don't we just go to Jewish companies? What you're saying? This all be in the Goisha company and just have the run and have everything like like the Jewishness, like 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 it's not coming from Pashkis. Again, you're not saying not with a sticker, not with a this. Again, and, and, what you're saying is let let uh, let the Jewish people gravitate away from the Goyish companies to the Yiddish companies because they do take care of the problems we're talking about before it comes to us. Which means that these kind of things that we, we're mentioning these few weeks would never ever happen with a Hamish company. That's what you want to say, right? Right, and the Hamish company, uh, the Jewish market is so great and big. I think by now. That it can, we could take a run by those big companies and, and have it with a packaging of a, of a kosher company just coming through Avram, one of those uh, Pashkas, Blooms, uh, or Golden Flop, I don't know, whatever it is. Avram, let me tell you. First of all, you're not a kid. If you were a kid, you'd see it the other way. You know, why can't I have it? It's kosher. You have drinks with the OU and you have this with the OK and the Star K. You know, why can't I have this candy? You know, and, and you're going to think hard about it. Mate, well, it really is kosher. It is good. And, uh, so I- the trouble is that um, the, w- we're not ready for that. In our society today, in the me society, the I society, we want to have everything all the time. We don't want to be able to be told, I have to have the from thing with, you know, that, uh, that, that, that six uh, rabbis touched. I don't want that. I want to know, is this kosher or not? If it's kosher, I want to have it. It looks more intriguing to me. I, it's cheaper. It's nice. I can find it all over the stores. I don't have to go into Borough Park to buy it. That's the way people think. They don't want to think the way you, you think, even though it's a beautiful idea. Look at the, how long I fought about 7-Eleven, and I still didn't win. I'm sure in the middle of the summer, that's on July 11th, they're going to be packed with all the yeshiva camps lined up at the 7-Elevens, telling the kids, get hooked on your slurpees. I don't think that it's going to change. I, I mean, I think the idea is a good point. It's very good that if we would stick to the, the from companies, a lot of the issues that I mentioned would not exist for us. But unfortunately, our people are not ready to do it. That's what I think. And I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting we should take all the candies away from them. I, I, I just think that, like, there's a certain standard that people feel like that's what everybody's doing, and I want to be like that. Right. And, that's exactly and, what and, it is. And I don't think you're going to change it. It's human nature. I, 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 we have to listen. If Rabbanim and Yeshivas want to get up, if Rosh Yeshivas want to get up and say, buy Hamish, then it may, it'll be, maybe it'll happen. 
Look, they reduced the age of when the kids get married. They did a lot of things. The yeshivas, the, the yeshivas had a lot of power. So it's very possible they'll be able to get rid of some of the junk that, that's coming into this. Maybe they'll even just get rid of the junk and on, uh, leave it for Shabbos party and that's it. When I, my kids are growing up, that was Shabbos party. Now today, the kids are packed. The kids go to yeshiva with bags of nash. You can't believe what they're coming into yeshiva with today. It's, it's unbelievable how much uh, time they're noshing. I mean, if you took a look at calorie count, and I don't know how they have supper, but if you took a calorie count on what they have during the day, it's awesome. So, right, yeah. That we did not grow up with, forget about supermarkets, we did not grow up with aisles of, of candy and nash. It's changed. Aram, it's a new world. Wake up mm-hmm. and smell the... I wish it were the other way, and maybe some of our listeners will give us suggestions on how to go backwards. Thank you for the call. Have a good call. Go ahead. You're on the air. You're on Kasha on the air. Can we help you? Yeah. Hi. Um, First of all, I have to tell you, we love your program. Uh, We learn a lot. Um, I have a question. Um, I have a recipe that calls for five and a half cups of flour. It's an onion board recipe. Now, when I have, like, a lot of my family over, I make more than one dough. What is the halacha about making, um, taking challah from it or making a bracha? Do I, I make this, the dough separate. It's like five and a half cups in one bowl and five and a half cups in another bowl. But altogether, it's probably enough to take challah. So how does it work? Take it all together. You, you don't have to. You just take it off, but you you have to cover it over with something. You put it all near each other. Because, because I, I I don't. I'm just worried that if I make the dough together, meaning all ten cups together, I don't know what the consistency is like. I know the consistency for the dough is correct when I do five and a half cups and five and a half cups. But if I want to take challah, then what I should again, put the dough together? You're talking. You need to talk to my wife. I'm not too much into this. But let, oh. yeah, in other words, if you if you. Uh, if you have the required amount, you want to have the required amount to make the bread. Right. So you have to put it all together, and then you take off. When you bake it, it's your decision. You can freeze it, but you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to make something then. But you have to take it all together. It has to be. It has to be next to each other, and you cover it over with something, and so that it's all considered under under the same rubric for that for that bracha. And then you could take and put the rest of the dough and do what you want with it. You mean it could be still in the separate bowls? Yeah, it could be oh, separate okay. bowls, but you have to cover it over. I mean, you put one... With a towel. Cover. I could just cover with a towel and just... Uh-huh. Okay, fine. I just wasn't sure because I don't want to mix it together. I don't know how it would come out. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate your help. Call to Bye-bye. Okay, you're on, you're on cautious on the air. Can Hello? I you? Yes, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Oh, I can't hear you. Okay, um... I enjoy your program very much. I have a question about what's going on with Fresh Express salads. It uh, no I, longer I, I, has I, the Star K. One second, one second. We can't, we can't, I can't hear specific, you. I, we can't talk about specific companies that way. I saw uh, uh, someone sent me a, uh, a bag, uh, I mean a picture of a bag of Fresh Express, and there was a little sticker in the front on it that said something in Hebrew. I couldn't make it out too well because it was just a picture that he sent me in an email. But it, it, it seems he has some, they, they claim they have some hashkacha, and it, and it was a sticker. And then, right. on, and then on top of the bag was a white sticker, and the, the, the sticker that, was, uh, that had the Hebrew writing on it uh, said in English, in a mistaken English, 
it said to the, it was trying to say you don't need to take any it was you don't need to take any uh, uh, to check it. It was this was you know, this was checked. First of all, this was not checked because it was checked. You wouldn't want it anymore because it went through his hands and and it, and, and they washed it out till the hundred. It's impossible for what you're eating to be checked. What he's saying is we check samples, but not what you're eating. You would never get it. You would never touch. You would never touch it. So. Uh, Whatever it says on the outside, it's in some in some uh, poor English, which is not intelligible. Well, and then until I, now, there was within. Dole and Fresh Express, uh, and, and they had the Star K. But for some reason, they, only Dole has it. It's Fresh Express. We did have this for a while back, Listen, and I, it was for to, a short I, while. Have, I remember asking have, you about it. You said I, we have less that, than a. We have less than a minute, and I have to answer you. I'm in the middle of a sentence. You didn't let me finish. And yeah. it went on the top of the bag, and there's a white sticker that says, this needs to be washed and checked. Even though it says in the Hebrew, at the bottom it says you don't have to wash and check. So I investigated. Right. It seems that it, that was in Glotmart. Glotmart, make, the, the Hashkacha and Glotmart said, you cannot rely on this Hashkacha, and you must do your own washing and checking. So they put on every bag a white sticker on top saying this has to be washed and checked and they disregard completely the, the sticker that says everything is fine. So, again, if, it, if you see a Star K, that means a Star K certified it. Somebody else's Hashkacha, they certified it. If it's not there, it means the Hashkacha felt they couldn't do it. It was too complicated there's too many insects they decide or else the company didn't want to pay anymore it's or they disagreed on the amount of money whatever it is we have no way of knowing thank you very much for the call and i wish everybody uh, a wonderful week we'll have one more session before before purim next week